This is WFO Radio. All right, we're going to go ahead and roll into our post-race press conference for today's Xfinity 500. We've been joined by Chase Elliott, who will be advancing to Phoenix next weekend to contend for the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Chase, thank you so much for joining us. Before we get started with questions, just tell us a little bit about, um, you know, this race and uh, now officially knowing that your team has advanced to next weekend to go for your second title. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super... um uh, mixed emotions, I guess, because we, you know, we made, made the driver's side and didn't make the owner's side. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, would have, would have loved to have gotten the boss, you know, two cars in there. And, um, so certainly, you know, excited from, you know, from the driver's standpoint. Um, but, you know, would have loved to have gotten, gotten both those boxes checked. Unfortunately, unfortunately didn't. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to, Getting, getting home and um, working through, uh, you know, what we need to work through to get ready for, for Phoenix. And certainly we'll be ready to ready to go the best we know how by, by Sunday. Perfect. All Thank right. you, guys. Chase, thanks for your time. All right. We've now been joined by Joey Logano, who was locked in before – Today's race, but now is officially headed to Phoenix next weekend in an attempt to win your second title. Joey, just tell us a little bit about this race, the dynamic of Martinsville. It feels like the pressure definitely heats up in that final stage. What that's like from your vantage point, and then you know the uh, looking ahead to next week with your team. Yeah, it's an interesting position to be in when uh, you know you're already locked in, but you're in the the mix of it out there and and. You have uh, the transfer spot is is essentially it's you <laughs> at that moment when Denny was behind me and I'm like oh man I'm uh, everyone hates you if I if I'm in the way or if I'm if I let him go so uh, you know it's kind of just one of those positions to be in there and um, you know just try to manage it the best I could and uh, overall Martinsville's uh, <laughs> what you expected there at the end except the the last corner I didn't expect that piece uh, I'm not sure anybody did but uh, it was pretty crazy and. Um, you know, overall, we accomplished in the 22 team today what we, we set out to do. We wanted to keep momentum. We wanted to make sure our pit stops were really good and they were on fire today. Um, you know, we didn't want to make any enemies and, and wanted to keep my crew chief and, and, and my team together for next week. And so uh, all, all, all missions were, were accomplished, um, even with some adversity with the fire t- today. So uh, all worked out. All right. We're going to go to questions. We're going to start with Al, and then we're going to go up to the press box. Go ahead, Al. I'm sorry, Al Pearson, Motorweek. Have you seen a replay of Ross Chastain's last lap? Yeah, I did. I mean, is that the craziest thing you've ever seen? Uh, we we all did it as kids. Try, would you ever try that? <laughs> yeah, we all did it in the video game. <laughs> that's that's how you made speed in the video game. That's what you did. Uh, <laughs> it's something we all thought about um, at, at one point. At least I thought about it a lot, but never really had the the – the need to do it, but I've also kind of thought of how many races I could have won here <laughs> by doing that. Um, you know, as spectacular as it was, uh, and as much as it worked, the problem is now the box is open. Right now, every Xfinity race, every truck race, every cup race, no matter the track, this wall riding is going to be a play. 
That's not good. That's not good. I, I mean, it was awesome. It was cool. I, I mean, it happened for the first time. There's no rule against it. There needs to be a rule against this one because it, it's – I don't know if it's, you want the whole field riding a wall coming to the checkered flag. I don't know if, uh, if it's, for one, the safest thing for the driver or the fans, uh, right, when, when you got a car right up against the wall hauling the mail like that, right? What if that catch fence, uh, the, the gate – wasn't closed all the way or, or what if it bent and it caught his car like yeah that's that's a big big risk um that ross is willing to take and god bless him i mean that's awesome but <laughs> i don't think we need to do that every week all right we're going to continue with questions we're going to go up to the press box and then back down to dustin go ahead press box uh bruce martin with speed sport uh, al's question i'm going to dovetail a little bit off that but if somebody's willing to make that move in martinsville I mean, with a championship on the line, what do you think could happen, you know, next Sunday? Yep, absolutely. Um, that's what I'm saying. We probably need to do something about it before next week. Um, you know, like I said, the box is open now, and so it, it's going to continue to happen until we do something about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, Phoenix presents the opportunity for it too. Um, a little different entry point and all that. and But, yeah, when you're going for a championship, you're – probably going to do it. And what are you going to do? If you're the leader going to the last corner, you're going to put it up against the wall? <laughs> like, geez, like, it's, like I said, it's cool. It happened once. We don't need to make this a thing. And also, what do you think of the makeup of the four uh, championship contenders and the four teams that you've got? Uh, you know, Trackhouse being the, the new team of the bunch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel great about our chances. Um, you know, honestly, I don't really care who else is in. Uh, it's it's about the 22 team winning a, a second title. That's that's what it's about. So we just got to do our job and, and stay focused on us. And uh, like I said today, we we do what we need to do to to be prepared. We've had you know three weeks to to think about our race car and and how we want to play the race out and how we want to run practice. And we've had the opportunity to really really dive deep into Phoenix. And so uh, we'll take that to our advantage and move on. All right, we're gonna come back downstairs. We're gonna go to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Joey, in, in terms of of the the last move there, uh, I guess does it does it is it make this look does this make the sport look unprofessional? Is it such a wow thing that it's the buzz worthiness is is good or you know somebody used the word circus to describe it and kind of raise questions about does this make it look professional from from that point? How do you, how do you view it? Like I said, it doesn't have to happen every week. We can't make it a thing. Uh, but, I mean, hey, the first time it happens, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, you know, and, and, I mean, if that don't make SportsCenter top ten plays, I don't know what does. <laughs> I mean, that's, to get into race for a championship and doing that, I mean, that's crazy. Um, I haven't really talked to Ross. I don't know how he feels about it, right? I mean, like, you think about getting bounced off the wall like that, your head's bouncing around like crazy. You know, you, you touch the fence, there's no suspension between – the car in the fence, you know what I mean? Like, it's really rough, uh, you know, if you start riding a wall like that. Um, so, like I said, we need to do something about it. It was awesome. I, if we did it every week, it wouldn't be very professional at all. But since it's the first time, hey, more power to him. What, what, what questions would you have for Ross when you get the opportunity or if you get the opportunity to talk to him and ask him about that? I'm sure – if not tonight, maybe sometime next week in Phoenix, you'll probably get some time together. That right. What would you ask him or be curious from driver to driver about 
about that move. How's your head? <laughs> the first thing I'd ask. <laughs> so, how'd that feel? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, like I said, that's a rough ride <laughs> doing that. So, yeah. Could have looked like that modified right there. That's what it could have looked like if things went a little wrong. So, yep. All right. Jeff, Jordan, did one of you have a question? You guys are good. Okay. Additional questions for Joey? All right. We'll go to Deb and then in the back. Go ahead, Deb. Deb Williams, RacingToday.com. Joy, in regarding to the fire that you had in the car, I know they had made some changes to the car after Darlington. What exactly happened today, and did that change the changes they made? Did they fail? I uh, I can't honestly answer that question yet. I don't I don't know the details. I know it was a ball of rubber that that got up in the rocker and caught on fire. Um, I don't believe the rest of the car caught on fire. We caught it pretty early. Like it wasn't like it was starting to smoke under caution and kind of see that. And I was <clears throat> trying to shake the car enough to put it out or get the rubber out of there or whatever. And, and um, you know, it just, it, it catches fire. And, it, and I mean, golly, I mean, it, it happens in, in all race cars. Uh, when you have a, a tire like we had today that rubbers in the racetrack, which is a good thing, and it marbles up and there's chunks of rubber, right? And it gets caught up in the car. Uh, you get a piece up on the header or something like that, it catches on fire. Uh, you know, when they're in the rocker and stuff like that, it's a little different. Um, I don't I don't know enough details to, to comment on it, honestly, yet. Um, I know that there's a piece of rubber on fire. They got it out, and I kept going. Um, what would have happened if I ran 50 laps like that? Is the whole car going to catch on fire? I, I don't know. I can't answer that yet. <clears throat> All right. I believe we had one in the back. Yes. Right there, Kendall. Thank you. Trey Lyle, CBS Sports Radio, Lynchburg, Virginia Talk Radio Network. Joey, do you think that move by Ross could only really happen at a, a short track like Martinsville? And do you think the you know composite body kind of led to the move being more successful than past attempts? Nope. It can happen anywhere. We've seen it happen at Darlington. Uh, it has nothing to do with the composite body. Although the body actually looks pretty good on the thing after doing that. <laughs> the car doesn't look that bad. Uh, but... You know, you never needed to run another lap once you commit to do that. So you can do that with the steel body, too, because you're, you're never going to do it again. Uh, so, yeah, the body had nothing to do with it. All right, we're going to come up front to Jeff, and then we have a question right behind Jeff, so we'll take both of those. Go ahead. So, I mean, you're, you're not the only driver, obviously, saying that this needs to be, like, regulated or looked at. And, and I assume that you guys need some sort of clarification, like, before Phoenix as to whether this will be – legal or not right because i mean this yeah. is a pretty pressing issue now i mean i think that it's pretty easy you can't hit the wall and gain a position I, I i think that's a pretty simple way of looking at it um you know it's kind of a dumbed down version right if you hit the wall and you gain a spot that's going to be illegal and you should be tail end of the field uh, yeah I, I guess some i guess something like that i mean it'd be pretty easy to it's easy to see <laughs> you know what i mean if someone puts it up against the fence and gains a spot well you can't do that right like that that should be the that should be the, the rule, uh, in my opinion. I don't run everything, so just my opinion. All right, go ahead. Travel tracks everywhere, yeah. Yes. Okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing brushing a wall. It's another thing laying against it. I don't know if that's right. All right, go ahead. Charles Rourke, Star News. Uh, the fact that you already have punched in, were you a little reserved today? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me... Yeah, like I said, I mean, our, our missions were to make sure that we keep our team together, 
don't make any enemies and keep momentum. And we did all that. Uh, so missions accomplished on, on what we were trying to do. Um, hey, if we could win the race, that would have been great. Uh, but you know, we kind of, <laughs> we found ourselves in the position where we were the spot for, for Denny. If he got in, he, if he passed me, he's getting in. If he doesn't, and it's like the last place you want to be in one of these things is be the guy that needs to get knocked out of the way for him to make it. It's like, Oh, here I go. So, um, you know, just a, a unique spot, but, um, interesting way to race here for sure. All right. Any final questions for Joey? All right, Joey, congrats on advancing next week. We look forward to seeing you on Thursday. All right, great. See you guys. Thanks. All right, we've now been joined by Ross Chastain, who drives the number one Chevrolet for track house racing. We're going to let him take a drink of water. We'll get started here. First off, Ross, congratulations on advancing to the Final Four. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the race from, from your seat in the race car, but then also take us through those final laps as you um, advance there at the very end to make next the race next week in Phoenix. Yeah, our, uh, our race car was, um, was better starting the weekend than we were in the spring. We qualified 27th in the spring, and... Uh, we qualified ninth here and, and felt like we've made a solid improvement. Um, and if we could keep the rear tires on the car, we would have a shot. And we were just way too loose most of the beginning of the race, just especially corner entry and exit and, and even the center, the first stage, and then tightened it up and we're still really loose corner entry and exit. And I thought we got our balance pretty close early in stage three, um, somewhere in there, or maybe it was stage two, but I really didn't have a lot more to ask for from Phil. Uh, for balance, but um, ultimately got into the six. Uh, lock, I, I just drove in too deep to three. When they checked up, I just had I couldn't turn, and I, I got into them. So I'm sorry and tried to pay it back for to Brad to um, let him go, and I thought I'd just follow him back up through there to get to you know seventh, eighth, ninth place, and I was just stuck in twelfth, thirteenth, somewhere somewhere in there, and I couldn't pass. So even when we had it tight enough late in the race. I still was too loose on entry and exit to either get position on exit to pull out a line or gain ground on entry. I was just really loose um, and locking the left front. So we didn't have the pace that we needed to do. I mean, we ran ninth in both stages, and we're going to run around 10th or 12th there at the end, and this, that just wasn't enough. Um, that's not what you need to do here in the in the Cup Series in the second-to-last race to transfer and um, double-checked off turn two on the final lap. They... Brandon and Phil both talked on each other, but I heard, yes, two spots garbled up, but I I knew that that must be what they meant, and um, it's fully committed down the back, grabbed fifth gear, and um, took my hands off the wheel once I first hit the wall. All right, we're going to go to questions for Ross. You think they we, have questions? I think they do. They've been waiting. A, I have questions. They've been waiting for you. Why so. did that work? And I hope you get used to answering a lot of questions. You're going to be doing that often this week, so we're going to warm up your voice here. Um, we are going to start with Kelly. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Ross, you said on the last lap you knew you needed the positions and you were committed down the backstretch, but when did that move first come into your mind? Was it today? Was it this week? Was it long ago? Like, when did you think, okay, this is in my playbook? I think the first time I ever saw a race car do that was on a uh, video game, the GameCube 2005, 
the GameCube like console. I don't know if anybody else in the world had those, but we did, and my brother Chad beat me uh, doing it at the fictitious, I think it was Dodge Raceway in fake Florida, and somewhere in a fake city or somewhere in Florida, and we would always race there. And um, I never thought about it. Like our prep this week, never it never crosses my mind. I've done a lot of sim work this week, a lot of i racing. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff and a lot of laps here virtually, and never once did it ever cross my mind or did I try it. So I want to I want to make that clear. Um, the last time would have been a long time ago before I was ever even thinking about being a NASCAR driver, and uh, I it flashed back in my head on the white flag, and I double checked off a of two, and I just don't like it, through one and two. I thought I think we need two spots, and they said yes, and I was like, what, if it wrecks, okay. We don't make it, but um, it might work, so I'll try it. Justin Mark said it's a testament to your commitment and your your competitive mindset and that there's no rules in your world. So <laughs> I guess does that is that accurate that, as you said, why not try it? And if it works, it works. If not, then you crash, but you tried. Oh, I, I thought why not, and that's a, that's a motto that some buddies and I back home, we, we live by why not, and to – to apply that to the Cup Series, uh, at, you know, in this scenario, um, there are rules. There are a lot of rules out here. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know how it would all work out. I didn't know if the physics would work to make it around the corner. Um, but it did, and I'm sure glad it did. All right, we're going to continue with questions. We'll go to Dustin. Uh, Dustin Log, NBC Sports. A few things. Uh, Ross, um, can you just take me through what it, it, it felt like um, and, and what questions? You said you have questions. What questions do you have after making this move and, and just what it felt like that last part to do that? Yeah, so when I came off turn four, I saw the 11, and, and I ran in the back of the six again. So uh, I knew that it should work, but my my brain could not comprehend. My bandwidth was shot when I entered turn three, uh, and I grabbed fifth gear, and, and everything went blurry. Um, it's it, I, I couldn't comprehend it, so I had to ask, and they I saw Justin and Brooke, our gas man, grabbing each other and celebrating on the, on the big screen in the infield, and um, I thought that must be a good sign. Um, but yeah, I just, I questioned it, you know, when I grabbed fifth and I was like, well, it's, it's going now. Like my foot stayed down. I committed to the wall early and, um, it didn't slow down. So it worked. I, I guess what's the wiring of somebody's mind to point a car into the wall and, and floor it, grab a gear, grab fifth gear and, and do it. I mean, that, that just seems to go against every basic survival instinct. So how how do you do that? It was it was fight or flight because we were out and and we had already fought trying to trying to stay in trying all year right everything we've done the points we've accumulated um, and 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 I fought we fought for it right the last pit stop was incredible but the wiring in my head. Mm. Um, I'm an organ donor, so maybe they'll study it one day. <laughs> what does it mean to? to I mean, I, and I, I really am an organ donor, so I think everybody should be. What What does it mean to get in um, with this path that you've taken, and you know, 
it's unlike a lot of others that have reached this level, but there are certainly a number of drivers that have been at your level that had those dreams of being in this position and now you've reached it after being probably about as low as you can be in this sport and still being in it. What's wild, man, is, you know, might call it low, but I was we were building this thing and, and I needed I needed time to learn this. If I would have showed up I mean I did show up in race winning equipment in two thousand thirteen and Eric Jones beat me at Phoenix. Like we had the truck that could have won if I would have asked for some different adjustments and known what to ask for for the end of the race. Um, I needed time and those team owners through trucks Xfinity and Cup that gave me the time I owe so much too that's through the middle part of what I guess call my career here in NASCAR. And if you just go back two years, the fall Southern 500 at Darlington went there with Spire Motorsports. And our goal was to finish like single digit number of laps down. They bought sticker tires for the whole weekend. We had a podcast sponsoring us um, through t-shirts that we were, that we sold that didn't even have my name on it. But I got to go race the fall Darlington race in a cup car to keep building my notebook and we won our race we we beat the car we wanted to beat that day that was two years ago like we came back this year and we had chances to win both darlington races last fall in the 42 we had chances to win the southern 500 so if you just go back two calendar years we were i was the guy five laps down seven laps down something like that and those were good nights those were wins in our book and uh those moments and those those nights and those races and those laps are a big reason why I feel like I'm able to do what I can do now. All right, we're going to go to Jeff. Um, first of all, that was I, I'm having a hard time keeping a straight face here. But um, the other drivers, uh, you know, they thought your move was cool, but now some of them are saying, you know, we, we need to actually get a policy um, this ASAP kind of thing because this could be possible at Phoenix, this could be possible elsewhere. Um, what are your thoughts on a, a Chastain rule? Like, do you want the door to be closed behind you after this move, or do you want it to stay open um, in NASCAR's eyes? Uh, that, that's for that's for our you know people that we have appointed uh, that the sport has put in those positions to make those decisions. Jeff, I I can't I, I'm just not been around long enough to even have an opinion on it. Um, yeah, look, do I want us all coming to the ends of these races and just flooring it? Like, no, it doesn't. No, it's that's not that's not what we want. But, um, you know, this is a race, and this is a competition, and, and whether you pass them on the inside or the outside, you pass them on pit road or you pass them against the wall. Like, I, I don't – yeah, it's unorthodox, um, and it wouldn't work almost every other time. And the scenario for it to be worth it to work, like, that car's destroyed. The upper control arm, I think, is broke on the right front. I had no brakes coming across the finish line. Like, you know, that's not something that everybody's going to go just go do now. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they should do. Um, I'm sure that I will talk to them this week. I'm sure that we will have lots of conversations about it. Um, and I will give my my point of view and my opinion, And but I'll let them decide, right? Um, they've... They know me well, and they know these scenarios well enough now that uh, we've got a good a good working relationship with the race control and, and everybody at NASCAR. Um, so I'm ready to talk and ready to you know help push it forward if we need to. All right, Jordan, go ahead. 
Jordan Bianchi, the athletic. Uh, one of the things the drivers had mentioned was the safety crossover gate in like turn four there. Um, Bet Briscoe said that he thought you were going to end up in his lap. Um, did you see the gate? Did you think you were going to hit the gate and that you were going to clip it or anything like he? He just thought you were going to be destroyed. Yeah, I, I did halfway through the corner. I, I saw it and, and I had not thought about that. Um, but look, um, when I started, uh, just a quick story. When I started racing back home in 2005, six, um, the front stretch at our 417 speedway had a had a three steps you could walk from the grandstands and underneath the flag stand to go out on the track. And my dad had raced there ten years before, and he saw race trucks get wrecked there and ripped the suspension off in that <laughs> hole. It's about two or three feet wide. And then we were there one night, and we saw a race truck get destroyed and ripped the right front suspension off, getting pinched into that hole. So uh, we went up there during the week and welded a gate. And I was there, and like we drilled big, uh, we bolted this piece on, and then we welded a gate, big heavy-duty steel gate um, that went with the flow of the race traffic, right, the race cars. And um, I knew that. I did not go through my mind as I'm bouncing off the wall, though. Um, I did see it when I was in the middle of the corner, um, but it was too late, and um, testament to, um, to the wall. Whether they change the rule or not, the reality is, is that you were you just pulled off one of the moves that's going to probably live on for a long time. You know, passing the grass, so you know all these different things, right? Have you thought about that at all? Like sinking in, did, did we get the track record? Yeah. Only in qualifying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, it's it's sinking in and look I I um, you know yeah it's sinking in that like we we did something that no one else has ever done um, that's hard to do in in just the world that we live in in 2022 but definitely our sport um, I mean you just look at you just look around at these pictures on these walls and look at all the drivers that have been here and we had to look it definitely it definitely would not work in a modified uh, but it worked in a next gen car. I got, I got no idea or or opinion. Um, I'll let y'all y'all tell me. I'll I'll check the internet tomorrow. All right. Okay, we're gonna take a few up front, and then I'm gonna go to the back just to help with microphones. Okay, go ahead. Ross Anthony Romano, WDBJ in Roanoke. When you consider the way that the last two races here finished, and even in recent years, what makes Martinsville so susceptible? to these exciting, great finishes in these cutoff races? Yeah, look, our, our leadership at NASCAR and, and our partners with our TV broadcast groups, they know what they're doing when they build these schedules. And when they pick these dates and these cutoff races and the different rounds, it's on purpose. Um, and it lives up to the hype every time. And you look at the spring race, single file, couldn't pass, combination of the car being new, the tire, the weather, uh, this tire Goodyear brought moved around a lot, fell off a lot more from my car. I I did not have the grip, and I was hanging on for 500 laps today. Um, but it, you combine that with the track and and what what we're up against to um, to m make it to the championship and just have a ch have a chance. Uh, this track's on the schedule here for a reason, and it lived up again. All right, go ahead. 
I want up here. If you guys can help me by keeping your questions to one question, I'm going to try to get more people. But we also have a race winner we're trying to get in here too, who's currently waiting. So, go ahead. Charles Rourke, Star News. Uh, one one thing I've heard today is the word circus. That this brings a circus kind of atmosphere to racing. What do you think about that? I think we've been crashing race cars here for um, I don't know how long this place has has been open. Is it 75 years? Um, or is it, you know. Um, 75 years we've been we've been crashing cars and I just crashed another car. So that's how I look at it. All right, we're going to go upstairs to the press box, then back downstairs. Go ahead, press box. Uh, Bruce Meyer with Speed Sport. If you look at the finish, at least from this viewpoint, it almost looked like a cross between Herbie the Love Bug and Flubber. Um, from your viewpoint, the in-car camera looks pretty spectacular, but have you had a really good chance to see the video from up top of just... Yes, and yes, you did set the track record, according to what we figured out. Um, I have seen a clip on a cell phone of the uh, front-facing streaming camera, and then I saw walking in the media center here on someone's laptop uh, the shot from, like, above the grandstands um, where the spotters. It looks like probably where my Brandon McReynolds was standing up there with his jaw wide open, uh, he didn't know what to say, and nobody did. Um, yeah, I've seen some just a quick clip, and um, I can't believe that I'm the guy driving that moose car, to be honest. I mean, honestly, I can't believe it's me in there. All right, we're going to come back downstairs. We'll go to Seth. Seth Egger, kickingtires.net. Uh, Ross, is this something that would have been possible in the Gen 6 car versus the next-gen car? I have no idea. I I don't know. I don't I really don't I don't have a clue. Okay, we're gonna go to Michael in the back. Michael Matthew, front stretch. Ross, all season uh many drivers have said and many analysts and whatnot have said that you won't make it out the playoffs because you made people mad and all that. But here you are. You made it. Uh, nobody really paid you back or anything. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Well, I will tell on myself a bit. Um, that last pit stop, we beat the 11 off pit road, and, and I messed up into three, a, a lap or two into the, the restart and uh, locked the left front. I was having issues with that. And uh, wheel hop or, like, locked my rears and locked the left front. And I was in a bad spot, and he um, he moved me out of the way entry of turn three. So I returned the favor into one. He returned the favor. I returned the favor. Um, we body slammed off a of four, and I feel surgeon keyed up and said to think neutral. And I just couldn't see how me being in front of him that I would finish the race and have even a chance to transfer. So um, he got back position on me, and I got in line behind him. And I thought I'm perfect. We are perfectly capable of running with him. And we only have to be within three spots, they were telling me. It's to be two to be safe. And he just started passing cars. And he passed one after the other to the other. It was, I mean, he took me to school. And it's something that I'll never forget that in that moment, I had full confidence that I could match him. I needed, you know, 15, 20 laps of that or less. And um, he passed five cars and I passed zero. I passed one later, two later, but I was still too many out. And um, so that's something that I will never forget, the fact that I had full confidence. And he, Denny put on a clinic of passing here, 
getting everything out of his car. His car was not driving great, uh, but he was able to carry it in that moment, and I couldn't do it. So um, that is something I will work to be better at. I will strive to be a better race car driver in those moments. I could not put my car in position how it needed to to make lap time and to pass people especially i can kind of make lap time but i could not pass and he could so um watching that was painful um you know and we had just traded blows you know back and forth you know a couple times and uh yeah it was uh, it was scary so um yeah uh, everything that i've learned though this year in my career all went into you know getting us here throughout this entire season throughout all these playoffs like we are no fluke. This is our arrival, and um, we have everything we need to uh, compete at this level. Okay, we're going to go to Steven in the back and then up front to Mark. Go ahead, Steven. Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Ross, I took a look at your car on pit road after the race. Um, you know, the entire right side's all used up. There's chunks of the outside wall and the wheel wells. Uh, is there any future for that car outside of being a museum piece, or is that just going to have to be preserved? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, that's up for Justin and Ty and Tony Lunders and Darian Grubb to decide. Um, yeah, look, it was it was some hard hits. Um, it, it didn't feel, you know, great. So um, the upper control arms or the control arms might both be broken on the right front. Um, they'll have to take it all apart and measure everything as far as the chassis goes. Um, you know, and we've got a great group with, with GM and Chevrolet to do that. So um, the great thing about these cars is that if it's not bent, you know, we, we can we can race it next year. Um, it wasn't going to Phoenix either way, so I knew that. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, obviously everything that's everything that's got a scratch on it is coming off and will never be raced again, and will be spread out to um, to remember this this moment. Right, the the last lap, the last corner. I know that's that'll be the focus, and I hope that this takes NASCAR to the number one moment on Sports Center, right? Like, look, if we're going to do it, let's go all the way. But let's not forget about the, the path of Trackhouse to get here and how unorthodox we are, um, how we took a building in, a, in a, a team and then we brought in another team to build this team as a family. And we've got more buy-in on the shop floor than I've ever witnessed in a race team Um and I'm so proud to get to do it with this group uh, that we're going to we'll spread the bits and pieces left from this car out and try to give everybody a little token to remember this night bigger than the last lap. Just remember the fact that we are putting ourselves in position to just have a shot at a championship. And that's that's all we ask for. Thanks, Ross. Yep. All right. We're going to come up front to Mark and take our final question. Mark Garrow, PRN. Congratulations. Making the final four. Your reaction when you you talked about a moment ago about looking at the big screen, saw Justin going crazy, but so you do this thing, you bang against the wall, you come flying through there like like Superman. When you finally realized like it actually worked, right? So you committed to it. You don't know if it's going to work, but when you finally realized it worked, what was your you know your first gut emotional reaction? Complete mayhem in the car. Uh, Phil Surgeon keyed up and said, you did it. We did it. We're in. And I, I it's, it's wild that the brain, my brain, thinking back through those moments of that, of what all happened, and I saw the 11 out my window net across the line, and I, and I was looking at him, and then I felt me hitting something, and I hit the six. So I uh, I knew, like, 
I knew it, but it, it, it did not comprehend. And then I realized, all right, I need to stay up against the wall and turn one. So all that time, my radio's silent, as far as I remember. And I looked up, dropped the net, and I saw him, but I like, tell me, boys, and Phil Surgeon keyed up, and I just lost my mind. Um, you know, I was screaming and fist pumping, and I tried not, I've learned my lesson. I don't punch the dash anymore. That hurts. Carbon fiber, all that, all those gauges, they hurt. Uh, but the bars, uh, and I just lost my mind all the way around pit road. And, and look, I, I've made a lot of mistakes in this sport and, uh, you know, I've had some congratulations at times, um, when we win and stuff, definitely Coda truck, my first truck win, my first Xfinity win. Um, I'm going to say I got more congratulation claps from industry crew and people and mechanics coming down pit road. It was, it was unreal. And so, that you know whether they whether they were congratulating me for the wildness of it or that they were genuinely happy I'm not sure but I'm going to take it that I had more people walk make it a point to walk out off, out of their pit boxes to physically acknowledge me um and uh you know that that means as much to me as anything this garage you know the the word was used earlier circus I use the word circus we are a traveling circus and I'm proud of it and I'm proud to be in this circus and I'm proud of my brothers and sisters that I go to battle with and they might get mad at me and that's some of the stuff I've talked about earlier in the years it's been wild to race against my heroes all right they're left they're right they're forward they're back it's the craziest thing has been when they've been mad at me so I've had crew members be mad at me this year and that's the most humbling experience that I've ever experienced um so having more acknowledgement or more smiles my way and whether it was because it was crazy or not I don't really care I'm gonna take it I don't get many um, from the garage and, uh, you know, just them acknowledging that and whether whether it was good or bad on their end, uh, they acknowledged it, that it was, it, they smiled and gave me a thumbs up and I'll take it. All right, Ross, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you the best of luck next weekend in Phoenix. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're going to now um, roll into our post-race press conference here for our race winner. Christopher Bell will join us here in just a few minutes. So we're going to go ahead and get started with race-winning crew chief Adam Stevens and team <coughs> representative Coy Gibbs. Coy, thanks for joining us as well. Um, Adam, I'll start with you. If you don't <coughs> mind to take us through that race, those final kind of laps there, um, we had Christopher on a Zoom earlier this week, and he was very focused and very um, <clears throat> confident that his team could pull this off. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about this week and, and how you guys executed today. Yeah, it was uh, just a, a great weekend, honestly. We uh, didn't have the best race here in the spring, um, but we learned a lot. And, and since then, our program's made a lot of progress um, and didn't have the best test here in August, uh, but we learned quite a few things not to do. And... The 11 learned a few things that were working for him, and, and we kind of took that and, and made it our own um, coming into this weekend and um, had a decent practice. Uh, Bell had some good feedback. The balance wasn't where we wanted it, but uh, we had decent lap time in it, um, especially with laps on tires. So we really felt like if we could get the balance um, to hang on, that we'd have some speed and uh, didn't qualify well, but we knew we had a good race car. And that first run there, driving from 20th up to, I think, 7th, um, I knew that we really had something that could contend for the win. So 
was just a matter of um, keeping the balance where he wanted it and adjusting to the racetrack and um, putting him in a position that he could do his job. And, and uh, he just did such a good job being aggressive when he needed to be and, and um, taking care of the tires when he needed to and, and had the opportunity to and um, just maximized the, maximized the whole day. And the pit crew um, had an outstanding day and stepped up to the plate. And nights like this, days like this, are what this 20 team is capable of. So it's just a matter of everybody performing at their highest level, and this is the result. All right. We've now been joined by our race winner, Christopher Bell. Congratulations, Christopher, on that win. In the interest of time, we are going to go ahead and roll straight into questions. We're going to do our best to get to as many as we can. And to kick us off, I'm going to start with Dustin Long and then Jordan. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Christopher, second round in a row where it's a must-win situation. Um, what, what have these playoffs been like? What, I mean, is this, is this what you expect out of yourself? Have you learned anything about yourself the last few weeks? Just, I mean, what is, what's the last month in life with what you've had to face and the ups and downs? Yeah, I mean, it's just been a, a roller coaster of emotions for sure. You know, I think I've been praying for off weeks or off season for two out of the last four weeks, and now I'm, I'm ready to race again. So, you know, it, it the round of 12 was extremely disheartening because you know I felt like the round of eight was going to be really good for us and and that would have led to a possible championship run but then when we got out of Texas with uh, DNF and Talladega sucked and uh, you know just being so down but uh, you know the the team behind me everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing they they still perform to their highest level and you know I feel like whenever I get in the car and I put my helmet on uh, I I try and do as good of a job as I can of, of not letting anything bother me. And, you know, they, uh, I don't know, like no matter what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, whenever you get in the car, you, you can't let that bother you. And, and, you know, the, they, they gave me a great race car today, the, the fastest car today. And then at, at the Charlotte road course, when we needed to win, um, you know, the, it worked out for us. Also, uh, Coy, uh, obviously it's sweeping the weekend, but with yesterday's win, there was, there's certainly some, some controversy with, with, with how Ty won. How, how do you address that moving forward, and what kind of an impact does that have on an organization with only having one car in the championship where potentially could have had two in the, in the, in the, in the championship? Yeah, no, I'll answer that. First, though, 200th win, 31st year, We've been in business, so that's huge. Um, that's exciting for it. We actually still have our first employee, Jimmy Makar, who's getting ready to kind of shift into a different role. Um, yeah, yesterday is disappointing. Um, that's not what we wanted for our race team. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, we haven't met as a group yet because we've been at the racetrack and all over the place. But we'll meet, and we're going to deal with that internally um, and handle that. I agree with you. It would be awesome to have two cars. would have been awesome to have – I thought we had two cars in the chase today until a white missile went by at the last second. So um, – but, no, just just excited for Christopher and fun. Like, a lot of times you don't get to see them grow. You know, you've, you've got an older guy that's coming in and already established. So that's that's what's exciting for me. And Adam and all the guys did a great job. Pit crew killed it today. So, um, 
that's why we race right there. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're young, you make mistakes, and hopefully you learn from them. Um, I think that's the message that we'll deliver to them. Um, and obviously with teammates, it's, that's a whole different ballgame. So there's a couple things we need to go over. Um, but like I said, we haven't met as a group yet. We'll meet. Our leadership group will meet, and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the situation. All right, Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. This question is for Adam. Adam, you're the only time, only two-time active crew chief, uh, championship-winning crew chief in the garage. Does that give you any kind of leg up on anybody going into the finale? Um, maybe. I mean, I, I, I know what to expect um, out of these weekends. Uh, we had a streak there where we went to quite a few of them in a row, um, and we finished in every possible spot you can finish uh, in a, in a four-car battle. Um, so it happened to be first a couple times. Um, so, you know, other than that, probably not. Uh, it's going to be who can bring the best car and do the best job. Um, but I, I think we showed what this team's capable of tonight. Um, so I feel really good about the spot we're in. I feel really good about the progress we've made this year as a team and with our setups and our package and, and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I know what the weekend's all about and the week leading up to it's all about. And we're going to go there and see what we can do. The second question is for Coy. Coy, when, when you see these moments that Ty has been in this year at different times, is there any question about whether he's fully prepared, whether he has the maturity to handle a, a cup on a full-time basis next year? Well, I think that's part of the process, and that's why you work your way up um, so you can make those mistakes, typically at a, a lower level. Um, so, you know, there's <clears throat> look, he's my kid. I appreciate his aggression. Um, but sometimes, you know, you got to pull back a little bit. And it's probably this is a place where we need to pull back some and just talk to him and explain to him that doing that affects not just him, it affects our whole company. You know, all our sponsors, all the people we deal with affects Toyota, obviously affected Brandon. Um, so, you know, those are the things that maybe you're not thinking of in that split second, but hopefully we can, <clears throat> we can get with him and, and, and educate him on those things. All right, Clark, go ahead. I feel like, Christopher, I've asked you this a different roller coaster up or down uh, every week in this playoffs or something, but um, <laughs> now you're back up on top. Um, how, how do you, you know, your mindset has been so all over the place and it's been hard to, you know, stay even keel. So how do you stay even keel going into this championship race next week with everything that's on the line? Yeah, I mean, uh, this this next week is easy. You know, we don't have to focus on stage points or where we're at, at compared to everyone else. It's it's just one race, and like Adam said, whoever brings the best car and executes the best is going to win the race and the championship. So, you know, I, I think uh, whatever happens happens, and I'm very proud to be in this position. You know, it's it's all about the sports, all about people, and fortunately for me, I ended up with the best people around me. All right, we're going to go to Mark and then Lee. Mark Garrow, PRN. Christopher, as I look at this, a lot of us have looked at, at uh, what you did at the Roval here is like walk-off home runs. Um, what does it feel to hit not one but two walk-off home runs? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I don't think it's sank in yet. And one thing that 
is very unique about the playoff system and the wins that we have had. You know, they, they don't feel like we, at least for me, I don't feel like I've won a cup race yet. I feel like I, you know, transferred in the playoffs and I get to go race for a championship. And, and in a way, the playoffs overshadow the race wins. So whenever you have a race win in the regular season, uh, it's it's cherished and it's a big, you feel like it's a big deal where, you know, you're winning a race in the playoffs, especially the way that we did, like, you know, it's like, wow, we've won three races this year, but it, it just feels like we're focused on the playoffs and, and we're on to the next round. And, and that's what the, you know, that's what the shining star is, not the race wins right now. So, uh, you know, maybe a couple of weeks down the road, a couple of days down the road, we'll look back at it and say, wow, you know, I, won another race which was really cool at one of my worst racetracks statistically so um definitely you know short term it, it's not a race win it's it's an advance in the playoffs and you know we're get a chance to race for a championship but long term it is a race win all right we'll come up front to lee Adam, I'm just curious, how have you seen him mature over the last two years? Because, you know, granted, he didn't start out in the best equipment in the 95, but it's like since the two of you have gotten together and built something, it just really seems special. And, and I know his immense talent, but, you know, where do you see this going? Yeah, so hang on, before Adam answers that. So, the, you know, the 95 and, and I, after living the success that I've had specifically this year in 2021, you know, looking back at 2020, I feel like that entire group – just didn't get a fair shake at it. You know, Jason Ratcliffe, I feel terrible for him. Um, everyone at LFR, just the the hand that we were dealt with COVID and getting practice and qualifying taken away from us, you know, our equipment was was good. Like, it, it was not a question of, of equipment. It was a matter of not being able to showcase what we were capable of doing. And by not having practice, not having qualifying, we weren't able to get in a groove. And I think a little bit of that happened to us last year. Like, you know, we, we weren't able to dial in like dial in what I need in a race car, and, and I'm not able to tell him what I need in a race car until you get more reps at it and more practice sessions. And uh, so, you know, that whole 95 group, it wasn't an equipment problem. It wasn't a personnel problem. It was a, a circumstances that caused us from performing what we were capable of. Yeah, I mean, we had a technical alliance that um, I feel like was capable of bridging that gap, but I'll let Adam answer and speak to the rest of it. Yeah, I'll go back to your original question. You asked about uh, maturity and, and, and improvement. Um, I would say maturity, that hasn't changed. There's no, there's no question that that wasn't our issue last year. It, it was, goes back to the reps and, and communication and, and us as a team uh, understanding what he needs in his race cars. And, you know, even now that we're developing that understanding, when we unload, despite our best efforts, a lot of times we don't have it right. So that 20 minutes of practice makes a huge difference. It makes a difference from missing the balance on occasion to – being able to right the ship and those overnight adjustments, just like this weekend. You know, if we had to race how we unloaded, we weren't going to win. Um, but we were able to make some changes and, and help the car do what he needs to do. And, and after a number of races and a number of practice sessions in, uh, last year and majority of this year, we understand what he's looking for. Um, so if we can give it to him, 
he'll run up front. If, if it's Martinsville, if it's, uh, I mean, Loudon, if it's Kansas, Vegas, Texas, it doesn't matter. If we can give him what he's looking for in his car, then we'll run up front. Um, so it's just a matter of that fundamental understanding and then communicating him and I and our engineers um, to to constantly chase that balance and that feel um, that makes him his best. All right, any questions in the press box? JimMotorMotorsport.com for Adam. Um, there could be, I would say, a very strong argument to be made that you guys uh, have been one of or the top performing team since the playoffs started, uh, if you consider incidents that weren't really in your control. And we, I just wondered if you compare that to how the season started, what are some of the things that you think you guys have really improved upon as the end of the year is drawn near? Uh, I, I agree with your assessment. I, with your uh, assessment. I appreciate that. Um, I think compared to the beginning of the season, we weren't that far off. We, we suffered for finishing. We didn't suffer for performance. Um, you know, I think we fell all the way back to 32nd in the points, and we were certainly not a 32nd place team. Um, our setups weren't where they needed to be to start with this new car, um, but we were learning, and, and we were capable of running up front. You know, we crossed the finish line at Atlanta 1, P2, and got bumped to the back for going under the yellow line, and we were up front, Vegas 1, and, and um, got loose over the bumps and spun out racing for the lead. Um, and you know, that was potential performance and two top fives gone that, that were well within our grasp. Um, and then we had three or four events where we didn't give him much to work with. And Martinsville won and Phoenix won were two of those races. Um, and then we had a stretch of some good finishes and good runs. Uh, and we've been competitive and, you know, we've had some pit stops get away from us. We've had some strategy calls get away from us. And, as a team, though, we knew that we had what we needed. And I remember telling Bell um, when we were 32nd in points, he was distraught and concerned. And I'm like, dude, I do not know what you're worried about. We, we have the performance and the capability is right there. You're just having trouble seeing it. You remember that conversation? Yeah, you were uh, definitely a lot more positive than I was in that moment. Yeah, so it, it's been there. It's been there the whole time. Um, we just... Uh, haven't had as many opportunities to show it as, as maybe we felt like we deserved or had coming to us. And uh, hopefully we got one more in us. All right. Adam, Christopher, Coy, congratulations again on the win. We wish you guys the best luck next weekend in Phoenix. Thank you. This is WFO Radio. Yeah, welcome to the party. Bye, bye, bye. Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.